This episode of interview is about Pakistan and terrorism in Pakistan. My name is uh, Raphael Warnke, journalist from Germany trying to give my audience a view, an interview of actual news and the background information, this time about Pakistan. I'm here in Stockholm in the Pakistani embassy, sitting on a table with Willie Irolia, correct me if it's wrong. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Acceptable. Acceptable. That's acceptable. Is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was told you became recently uh, honorary counselor of Pakistan in Finland. How, yes. How did that happen? It was a process. I, I think four years ago I was asked whether I would be interested to be in that role. Because the former honorary consul general uh, was, was just about to retire. And I said yes. Uh, I think the background is that I've been working with Pakistan for the last 15 years. I've been bringing a lot of companies to Pakistan first time, yeah. and and also helping Pakistani universities and you know a lot of things. So it was it was big honor and to get that appointment letter from the president of Pakistan. Ah, it came from the president himself. Yes. So it's so it's always great to have a signature <laughs> from the president of, of the country. <laughs> Can try to fake it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it, it was a little bit more difficult. That maybe I can't fake it. But, okay. But it was great honor. Yeah. And uh, what is your work or what is your um, task in this position? Uh, my task in this position is because Pakistan doesn't have an embassy in Finland, so the embassy is here in Stockholm, and they handle Finland from here as well. Is that that I am sort of the the walking, talking contact point for Pakistan in, in Finland. Oh, and okay. also I'm trying to help uh, whatever comes to, to Pakistan. Especially, I would say, especially I'm, I, I try to help businesses to understand Pakistan more. Okay. And you said you are working with Pakistan since 15 years now. Yes. What exactly are you doing there? I help companies to enter into Pakistani market. So if, if, if a company would enter a German market, for example, they just take a flight and you know come to Frankfurt or yes. whatever, they start yeah. to do the business. But, but it's a little bit different with Pakistan because, first of all, how people think about Pakistan, they, they, they're scared to go, they don't know anything. Yeah. So, so you have to more or less host the companies first time to come. I organize the meetings with the government of Pakistan, sometimes even mm. with the Prime Minister of Pakistan, if a company needs that. Yeah. So, so that's what I do. I'm helping companies. Uh, over the last 50 years, I've been helping a lot of companies uh, to go to Pakistan. But I have also given a lot of motivational speeches at the universities ah, in okay. Pakistan to make the, the super talented Pakistanis to understand that they can do whatever in the world. They don't have to think that they are sort of isolated in Pakistan. Okay, okay. So... I think when you first time came to Pakistan, you had your own thoughts about it. Can you understand why people have this um, kind of fear or have their thoughts about going there, maybe not going there? Yes, I do. I do understand because I had the same thing, you know, 15 years ago, especially what, 12, 13 years ago uh, when I was heading personally in Pakistan first time, first time ever. I had this absolutely the same thing. And why people are, ha people are having that? Because uh, we don't really know anything about Pakistan. 
So that's true. Yes. So, so everything you know is based on the picture you see on the media. Yeah. And what is the picture you see on the media? If you start to think about it, it's only this all happened. This is something that all started after 9/11. So, so then the only picture you see about Pakistan is terrorist attacks or you know Taliban. And and one of the things that now I realize I didn't realize that that when I was heading there first time that people kind of uh, mix together the news about Afghanistan and Pakistan. Thinking yeah. that what happened in Afghanistan is actually happening in Pakistan, which is not true at yeah. all. Maybe because the names are so so similar. Maybe yeah, <laughs> but then you could say that whatever happened in, in Afghanistan happens in Tajikistan or yeah, Uzbekistan, yeah, every, every <laughs> whatever Stan. I, 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 I honestly think that's that's one of the biggest problems. So I do understand that the the uh, people are having this experience, and you know, obviously there's. Also, there are also dangerous parts in Pakistan, as in every country, and there are problems in Pakistan in terms of security as well. So I would not say that okay, why, why don't just go on a holiday to border Afghanistan or something like that. Mm-hmm. But but the picture is so narrow; it's only the other side of the coin. Okay. Even even with it would be half. Mm-hmm. So what happened with the other half? Because you you don't ever never hear anything about that. Yeah. I I was astonished when I took a look at Pakistan that they really have 200 million inhabitants. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Do you feel this when you're in in Pakistan that there are many people? <laughs> it is funny you ask that because <laughs> yes, you feel it when you when you go to cities like Karachi in okay. south, like you have 20 million people, right? Mm-hmm. But it's if you go to any 20 million city in the world, you know this. Of course, people, right? yes, and and especially. If then if you go to the city of Lahore in Pakistan, this you know next to the Indian border, when I was there first time ever, I was so shocked about the fact that when you're sitting in a car, there's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of motorcycles and mopeds <laughs> going around you, and I was like, okay, you can't chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's like a chaos, uh, especially you know for us in Scandinavia, <laughs> nothing happened. So, but then you know. For example, the capital Islamabad, which even the Pakistanis keep saying to me that Islamabad is not Pakistan, mm. but it's so ridiculous, quiet. Of course, you have some okay. rush hour and, uh-huh. and so, on, but it, it is quiet. It's a quiet city. Yeah. So it's not like Tokyo or no. I think I think Lahore, uh, Lahore and Karachi are a little bit like Bangkok. So okay. Like Tokyo, okay. So. I see. What was the first thing that was coming to your mind when you were first visiting Pakistan? When I was first time visiting, it was six o'clock in the morning. It was a midsummer week, you know, in the Scandinavian region. The midsummer is the important thing. So the third week of, of June, and I was on that week. The early that week, I went to Pakistan and Karachi. I landed six o'clock in the morning. It was forty-six degrees. Inside <laughs> and outside the airport, everywhere. And 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 I, this is this is a funny story. But you know, there was only two blondes <laughs> in okay. that plane: a, a Norwegian guy and myself. Okay. And and you know that time you didn't really see so much many foreigners ago. Huh. Uh, and when I was on my way to the hotel, uh, I was thinking, okay, what is happening here? Because it would look like, you know, not. Not dead city, but something. We looked talking about big city, but it was so quiet. Uh-huh. And and uh, you know, I was thinking all the same stereotype pictures that everybody's thinking. Okay, like, uh, is it safe? Mm-hmm. Am I is somebody going to kill me or something mm-hmm. like that? 
Okay. And then during the next 24 hours, my first ever 24 hours in this country, uh-huh. everything changed. It's so fast. The whole, my whole, I, I had to challenge my own thinking. Okay. Thinking, oh, you know, I, I, I didn't know anything. Thinking so in, in so narrow lines that uh, I don't know anything about this country. Then you, you, know, you face, probably, I, you know, I've been traveling around the world for the last over 20 years, probably one of the biggest level of, of hospitality, uh-huh. you know, like, like automatic reactions, uh-huh. you know, behavior is not trained. Mm-hmm. It's inside the Pakistani people. And then you face that. First okay. time you go into the hotel and you realize, oh, I didn't know this. And so it, it really changed a lot. And I have to tell you that this is a very funny story on my first trip. I was having a very long lunch, business lunch, with, with a business colleague of mine, a Pakistani guy. And so we had it like a three, three hours lunch. And, yes. and you, know, you know, I asked a lot of questions that every foreigner would like to ask. Anything from food to, to the role of religion and all those things. And, and then we went to dessert and he told me that you have to taste the mangoes. The mangoes are best in the world in Pakistan. Okay. And I just started to laugh. And he said, why are you laughing? I said, because just two days ago, a, a Le- the owner of a Lebanese restaurant in Helsinki, Finland, she told me that the best mangoes are coming from Lebanon. And they said, no, 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 the best mangoes are in Pakistan. Then we ended the, uh, the, with, with the lunch and he took me back to the hotel. Uh-huh. And 20 minutes after that, I got a call from the, from the reception that uh-huh. there's a guest for you. And I'm thinking, guess, you know, now somebody's coming to kidnap me or whatever. <laughs> so I went downstairs yeah. and there was the sales manager or director of my friend's company with two boxes of mangoes, <laughs> which I took with me back to Finland. Were they good? Yeah, they were super, super. It's sweet. So okay. it's sweet mango. It's different than, than the ones coming from you from as all. Okay. So it's small and sweet. So you could see his point of view. <laughs> yeah, I, got the, I, I think I got the point. Okay, okay. <laughs> And if you are telling friends of yours who have never been to Pakistan, um, if they ask, what is it like they're living there, being there in everyday life? What is it like? Can you compare it to something we in Western Europe have? I, I, I think, you know, by the end of the day, uh, the life of normal people in that region, I'm talking about whole South Asia area, is pretty much the same. And, and I think that this is a funny part that, that people do travel a lot on holidays to India, right? Yes. And also, so there's two countries that actually even used to be the same country once. So we have Pakistan and India. And actually, the life, I, I would say that, that the life, the normal lifestyle, the life quality in Pakistan yes. is actually better than in India because okay. there's so many people in India. So if you, if you have over 1 billion people in India, mm. uh, uh, that it is different. So, so okay. But in principle, it's pretty much the same. Okay. People are very much the same. They look like the same. They even talk with similar, similar kind of. But language. don't tell them. <laughs> no, don't tell them. But 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 I think the one of, one of this is my very personal reaction. Is that, yes. Uh, if I compare those two countries, India and Pakistan, for example, uh, I think there's there's more like harmonized system or way of living. Uh, in Pakistan, there's okay. no that's almost so hassle than than okay. India. So not so so loud shouting. And yeah, so I think it's 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 more quiet. Uh-huh. And and I think this is again very my very personal reaction. But I think that the fact that 
that it is an Islamic country yes. and people go to mosque on Fridays, mm. it kind of you know cuts the life okay. for that week. So you, you have your working week, then people uh-huh. go to mosque, then it comes the weekend, and then it starts again. Okay. Whereas in India, it never stops, right? It just mm. keeps going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that's the biggest. So, so the quality of life and how people living, I think, pretty much the same in everywhere. You know, if you go to Sri Lanka, India, Pakistan, it's, it's all the same in, in that terms, but people don't, don't know about it. I think that's yeah. obviously we're talking, we, we can't compare these countries to Scandinavian countries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like. They have sun. Yeah, they have, yeah. And, yeah, sure. But they have, of course, they have, you know, uh, more poor people and then they're super rich people. And, but, but again, that's the structure of society that you can, mm. you can find everywhere in South America as well and so on. Yeah. So for us, if, if we take the Nordic regions, less Scandinavian thinking and even start mm. to compare mm. things, we can't leave this region, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. that's that comparison you can't do. Okay. But but uh, I know so many people in Pakistan. I know a lot of you know anything from from drivers to tailors to university teachers to to top government politicians. And so I I have seen the different uh, levels of, of of life. And whoever you talk with, this is, has been a so big. Uh, surprise for me honestly speaking is that people are always so full of that hospitality that I mentioned they, they always want to make sure that you know how about you come for a lunch you come ah, for a okay. dinner you have to come to my house you have ah. all that kind of stuff so that's so very the, lovely yes it, it's, it's, there's actually a lot of similarities in, in Italian lifestyle ah, okay. so, so if you know someone mm-hmm. you, they, they make sure that you come to their family for yeah, dinner yeah. and then you're part of the family <laughs> so so I, I, I think I do love that part. Okay, now I have to come to the terrorism part of Pakistan, which you see a lot of about in the media here, which is maybe the most you see of Pakistan here. We, we have in between 2001, uh, 2001 and 2014, there have been 30,500 people killed in Pakistan mm-hmm. with um, terrorist attacks. That makes it like the third most dangerous um, country regarding to terrorism. Do you feel like this when you go to Pakistan? You know, if you ask now, I would say I don't. But okay. if you would ask 10 years ago, yeah. or 15 years ago, whatever, you, I would say yes, you feel it. I think the, one of the sad picture of Pakistan is that, especially if you go, you know, closer to 2001, 2000, you know, the, the first years of, of this millennium, a lot of those things that happened were actually based on the war of, on terrorism in, in Afghanistan. Yeah. And, and uh, one former Pakistani general once told me that, that one, the one thing that you don't understand in, in, in Finland or Sweden always, that Taliban's are not... In, in a war against you, they are in war against the Pakistani army. Okay. And it is actually, if you think, think like that's what has, it has been. Uh, now there's this very sad and unfortunate uh, attacks that what's happened during the last few years. Yeah. Uh, those, are, those are super, super sad and, you know, mm. I don't get the point. Whoever does those things, why you... Yeah. Attack the school or why you yeah. attack the park? I think you can't get into that. So, so what, what is the benefit of that? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But 
for example, now the only the Eastern Sunday attacked in Lahore mm. in the park. Uh, I think there was also a a clear signal what has happened in, in, mm. in media is that, uh, for example, here in Scandinavia, all the news channels reported that saying that that was attacked against Christian people in Lahore. To take a look on the story. I think 10% of the people who actually were killed were Christians. Mm. And I honestly, I personally believe it didn't have anything to do with the Eastern Sunday. It was okay. just a Sunday. It yeah. is a part of, in Lahore, in the big city of Lahore, where mm. people go on a Sunday. And then you can't, you know, you can't uh, avoid those things. If somebody mm. comes and wants to, you know, deploy themselves or himself. So I, I, I don't feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it there's, is that risk because you, you see you know if you go to a hotel you go to your office there's uh-huh. always you know guards with the guns okay. and, and so on that's you will also find if you go to African countries or South American countries yeah. again for us in Scandinavia that's pretty you know why why you have to have so many guns but I think that's part, part of life I think for uh, for Pakistanis normal Pakistanis living in Pakistan it's obviously the horrible thing that things happen, especially because they do, they are very family oriented, they do uh-huh. love people and not children, and then somebody comes and kills children. So I think it's, it's, it's a, it, I believe it's very, very hard to understand why somebody's doing something that like yes, that. It is. Like if, if a, you know, if it's, let's think we would be a Pakistanis. How you can understand that one of you, so one, a, one Pakistani man, Mm. comes and kills Pakistani children. So it, 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 I think it has nothing to do with you know, politics or, or anything like that. Mm. It's just mm. uh, stupid, sad... Fanatism. But I have also... I've been saying this. I, I do actually believe in this. Uh, if you think what happened in Italy, with Sicily, especially with Mafia, so, so everything changed... When, when mafia tried actually killed the judge and the family or whatever it was, so I think wife and, and daughter. So people got enough. It's like, okay, now this is enough. Okay. We, we want to get rid of that. Uh-huh. So I have had the same feeling in Pakistan that because I know so many Pakistani people, they're so, so full of that. Why this happens? Mm. Because we want, you know, mm. whoever you talk with in whatever country, yeah. what people want, they always want to have a better life for their children. That's like yeah, that's them, true. Right? Yes. So, so if somebody's coming and keep killing your own children, yeah. it's like it's like you. There, there's always that day. It's like okay, this is enough. Yeah. I want to society be changed, and I think we are seeing Pakistani in in in, in reaching that level right now after this Lahore attack, and you can also see on the news that what what the Pakistani government did and what Pakistani mm-hmm. army did that they really you know changed their view. Okay, this has to be stopped. Okay, and also you know. We have a developing country, 7% GDP growth, 40, 46 billion investment from, coming from China, build mm-hmm. roads and railways and energy. You can't get those investments coming if there's a high risk. It's growth. too dangerous yeah. and nobody comes to your country. How are you going to get you know, for even you know, Chinese people to come and build something mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. are afraid of, of uh, terrorist attacks? Have you personally ever seen or encountered any kind of attack? No, never. I, and this is also funny. I have never really, uh, you know, felt myself to be scared or worried okay. a- after the first trip. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, there's a funny story on my first trip uh, in Karachi. So I was sitting in a hotel, uh, living in a hotel, uh, and next to the hotel was a parking lot, a parking place, uh-huh. and then outside the parking place was a was an office building that I, I, I worked with a team. So every morning I, I walked through that parking space, mm-hmm. and it was full of guards with guns because the U.S. Embassy, yeah, the consular office, ah, okay. was so I was always thinking, okay, there's two ways to look at this. This is absolutely the most safe place in the world, right? Because you are surrounded by so many guns. guards. Or this is the most dangerous place if they start to kill you, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so by the end of the day, you can't, you know, you just have to, you know, be doing whatever you're doing. You can't, okay. you can't think what's happening around you all the time. Okay. But never, I had never felt. And okay. I had been also in places that, that you probably should or... Mm. or good feel okay you know having a worrying feeling yeah and how is it about the the Pakistanian people are they would you say they live in a kind of threat or is it more like they are used to it and they live with it as it comes I I I think that people people never get used to something like this yeah Uh, there's a certain amount of people who get very passive. They're like, okay, there's a bomb and then you continue to... Like work. numb with the feelings. Yeah, it's like, that is what happens. I think for some people that just, just happens. You can't do anything, just, just live with that. But I, I honestly, I do believe that, that uh, Pakistani people, they want to get this changed. Mm. And I also think that, you know, Pakistanis, they do a lot of talk about politics, uh, And I, I also do believe that the Pakistanis, they, they really expect now the government to, to do something. Okay. That is, you can't change the whole country. We're talking about a big country, right? So, mm. so you go, to, go, go closer to the Afghan border, you go closer to the Iranian border. You can't control that so easily. But, but, and then the other side is, of course, if you have a big city, if you have a city with 10 million people, for example, You can't control everything. It's like, you know, still in 1980s, New York was not the place to go as a tourist. Mm. Mm. And so, and probably still in New York, there are places that you would not go. So, so the big city is different. But, but I think generally speaking, uh, it, the security will be better. It's getting better. And it okay. is far more better than it used to be 15 years ago. It has changed a lot. And I think... You know, it doesn't matter if you're prime minister of Pakistan or mm. or just you know a car driver or something like that. Everybody has the same interest. They, they Pakistanis do love their country, uh-huh. and and you want to have a good. You you don't want yeah. to have anything bad for your country you love. That's the thing. You want to be secure. Yes, and safe. Yes. So you have a very positive way of looking to the future with Pakistan. I do. I do. It's. I think the. The uh, the current government has done good work, even that many people were not expecting that to happen. Uh, the China China is supporting the country a lot, which you know we, we in Europe we have this habit. Okay, if China's uh, companies or China is supporting something, we keep saying okay, now China is taking yeah. over. But but when you're seeing what's happening, so if if. If China is investing a lot of money and you're building roads and bridges and railways mm. and that kind of stuff, it actually boosts all the other society. 
it, it might be different in some place in Africa that China has yeah. been very active. But in, in Pakistan, it is different. The, okay. At, at least it has been different. So, the, so they they help them to build the infrastructure. And do and they have a do they share a border, China and Pakistan? Yeah, in the north. You know, this is this is a funny thing. One of the big plans of Pakistan with with in help with the Chinese. Now you should take a map and and <laughs> research country. <laughs> so where Pakistan is closer to the Iranian border. If you if you go south, yeah. Okay, so you take the Iranian border uh, on and on next to the sea, next yeah. to the Red Sea. On the Pakistani side, as place this state the uh, state of Balochistan, uh-huh. and in the south there is a that's like like a uh, hammer uh, shape of of bay okay. which, is, which is called Qadar and and there's a harbor there's one of the best deep sea harbors in the world okay. the chinese are now building but the big plan is that there will be a road from mm-hmm. that that harbor across mm-hmm. to pakistan to china okay which actually creates a road uh, uh, for transportation from china to uh, arabian sea Ah, okay. So if you compare that, there will be a road or or, or train route mm. from China to the Arabian Sea that probably takes forty eight hours to take anything from the Gulf region yeah. to to China or mm. vice versa. Compared, I think it takes three weeks to go on the ship, for example, from the Gulf region uh, around the whole Asia yeah. and then China. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and, and another thing, which I think that it's supporting the positive future of, of Pakistan, is the whole uh, Central Asia. So now we know that all the positive things happening in Iran now after all the years. Yeah. And then we have all these countries like like Tajikistan, close to, uh, next to Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and, and so, and so there's a lot of things. That that Pakistan can help the Central Asia to do, and and because I don't never deal with politics, so I don't really care mm. who thinks mm. and what. But if, okay. if you if you uh, think from the rational development point of view, okay, there was there's so much that the region can do together. For example, in terms of energy production and, oh. and so on. Okay, and I have one question that I'm not sure if it's easy to answer. But you can try. I can try. <laughs> Because if, if you take a look at the attacks in Paris and Brussels, you have um, so much sympathy by people here mm. in all over the world. Yeah. You have every, in the walk in Paris where all the um, all the high politicians came, mm. and I mean in Pakistan there there were seventy two people killed a few days ago, and there is nothing in this media. Is it? Is it fair? And do people in Pakistan see that? Do they see? Okay, they don't care in West about what happens here. Yeah, I was, I, it's funny we asking this because I was thinking the same uh, last weekend that maybe I'm getting too old to really understand the social media side. But, but for example, the attacks in Paris and Brussels. Uh, so many of my friends also they changed their you know Facebook. Cover photo and so on, uh, and there, there was, as you said, there was all the top ministers and politicians coming, and speeches and everything. And I was thinking, why? Why is it actually so that that people? Why, why don't we do the same for Pakistan? And I, I think two, there are two reasons. The first reason is that we don't know about Pakistan. When you know, you 
if, you know you have some contact maybe you're mm. in there or you know someone in Pakistan that's, a, that's amazing obviously you know everybody knows Paris yeah you uh, always know someone who, who has visited you yeah, have maybe yourself yeah. been to that country uh, but the second thing is that I, I think we should you should ask this question from politicians so hmm. If something like this happens, like happened in Lahore last Sunday, uh, why don't they react? Why mm. Prime Minister of Finland and Sweden and Norway, why, why don't they go in publicity to say something or something like that? Mm. I'm sure that they all send their condolences uh, you know, in the written form yeah. or something like that, yeah. but that's more like a diplomatic yeah. matter. So I, I hope, I, I think if you, if you have 200 million people, It's a big country in a world scale, and it, it, it is not like an underdevelopment country. It's a, it is a developing country. Mm. I think that we should be, you know, at least that fair enough to, to sympathize with the people and show that we, are, mm. you know, we know what happened. Yeah. So but maybe, I think it's the next generation, I think. Okay. I, I actually I do believe that in, in politics and business, it's the next generation. Mm. Maybe the politicians and business people who are now, you know, 20, 30 years. Uh, in 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to be different. Okay. Because they, they under, you need that understanding and recognition. Mm. And, and unfortunately, most of the people, they don't really have a clue about Pakistan. Okay. They just have this media. Yeah. But do the people in Pakistan realize I think many of them do, hmm. at least I have a lot of friends who do, but at the same time I think they are kind of used to live with that. Okay. Think about, you know, 9-11, uh, it, it, it's still there, hmm. it's kind of, yeah. in Pakistan is still some kind of, you know, prisoner of that. So it's, It has that shadow still. Okay, on, so you mean that, that the Western people look at this country like dangerous? Yeah, think where, about, the, where the Taliban comes from? Yeah, think about what, you know, if, if you, what happens in 9-11. It was like, like overnight, uh, you know, Pakistan has always been a, a good partner for with U.S. Mm. You know, the Pakistani army has always worked with the U.S. army and, mm. and so on. But what happened in 9-11, like overnight, Pakistan became one of those evil countries, and uh, it's still there. You know, Pakistan is, doesn't have, didn't have anything to do with 9-11. They were all from mm. Yemen and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So, but, but that kind of that image stamp was laid, laid on, on, on Pakistan. And I think it's still a little bit there. I think, again, if you, if you don't get anything else in news, mm. then this all negative stuff. This picture won't change. Then, yeah, but people don't. You know, 9-11, that was already a long time ago. Mm. So things do change even in shorter time. Yeah. And, but this is also, I've been saying to all the, all the Pakistanis that they don't know how to market themselves. Okay. Uh, and even, even I think the, even the government of Pakistan should really think what this modern world is all about. Think mm. about their neighbor. They, this, this wonderful slogan, incredible India, has mm. been there all the time. Mm. And I think even right now, their top politicians are 
of you know just supporting that incredible India, you yeah. know how they behave and how they take selfies <laughs> with the with yeah. the world leaders and so on it's all about this marketing and I, I, I do believe that the Pakistan and the Pakistanis would take that a little bit more serious uh, they could actually change the image of their country okay um, yeah, that's why I'm talking to you because mm. it's hard to get an, a different view here in Europe about this country because who's telling you yeah and and Of course, you could talk with a Pakistani. They always say, oh, yeah, this is so wonderful, we have to come and so on. But it's the same if I ask you about German, you would say, you would say all the positive things about Germany, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, but, but I think that what I have worked a lot with the media for over the last 25 years, and I would say that this is what media should do, you know. Mm. Guys like you, you mm. it's, it's your job to open the channels that people actually can get something about this other side. If you go, if you, if you take any Nordic country mm. and you go to the travel advisory pages of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh -huh. where they, you know, the Nordic governments do take good care of us and they <laughs> want to give you advice. And, and when you go to travel advisory pages, the They basically what they say to you is that you can't travel to Pakistan. There's a huge risk of kidnapping and terrorist oh. attacks and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Funny enough, if you go to the same page of India, there's also the text that there are terrorist attacks and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But but I think when people are traveling to India, they don't read those. <laughs> but when you ask someone to come to Pakistan, they go like automatically to the foreign okay. affairs okay. website and they read. You know, you can't go. Yeah. And, and it's, I think even, even that picture is narrow and it's also mm. only, only the other side. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and so, so I, if people do read this kind of information about Pakistan and they yeah. don't read that kind of information about India or some other countries, there has to be something you know, like fundamental <laughs> thinking. Yeah, Pakistan has an image problem. Yeah. That it's... It's. I think it's. It, it is. It is a PR issue. There's mm. an image. Image problem. Nobody has ever tried to build an image. Mm. Uh, in this modern world, you need to build an image. Maybe you know. Uh, you don't have to build an image anymore to Germany because everybody knows that you know, the, the good cars come from Germany and good engineering comes from yeah. Germany. So that's there. So and and maybe in in Nordic region, you know, there is a Nordic. Viking kind of <laughs> kind of history and, yeah. and home of Santa Claus, but but uh, then you, if you, if you have a country that people don't know about, mm. you have to build an image. And, and I have said to, to because I I'm a big fan of good food, and we all know how this food journalism works nowadays. I am saying to people that okay, why don't you why don't you send a celebrity chef to Pakistan or South Asia? Um. You go around and tell people what the food is. Mm. You know, if you if we go down the street from this embassy and we stop people asking, uh, what do you think? What is Pakistani food? Mm. They don't know. They don't have no idea. Yeah, maybe they say something with rice. <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh, there's a lot of Indian restaurants 
in Europe, which are actually owned by Pakistanis. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, so they call it Indian. Yeah, they so call, I, people I, go there because they know what they get. Yes, and I, I don't. This is a joke, but this is a fact. Story. A friend of mine told me years back that uh, there was a Pakistani guy. I think it was in the UK. Uh, he was having a, a Pakistani restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then he changed the restaurant to be Indian. The uh -huh. food was all the same. And when it was a Pakistan restaurant, it was not so popular. When it was the Indian, it was very popular. Ah, so it's all about the name. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, going back yeah. to the PR, it's yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, coming to an end now, I would ask you if you could give a message to people in Europe and maybe to like EU politicians right now how how to take a look at Pakistan or how to treat Pakistan what would you say I, I would say that one of the things that the European Union governments should truly really do is to support their companies to go to Pakistan that's what my because I do believe that when you supporting business and trade you're mm -hmm. actually supporting development of a country mm -hmm. I I know that this people They also think differently, but I do believe that this really works. You, you are now, when you do business, you are also able to create jobs and that's how society goes on. So that's another thing. Another thing is that, that top politicians should really uh, start to take Pakistan more serious. Do we want to lose all, all the business and all the possibilities to Chinese or, mm. or Russians or something like that. I, mm. we, we would have a great opportunity for the whole European Union to be there strongly, mm. to mm. support the country. Now, nowadays, the support is mostly linked to the fact that Pakistan is next to Afghanistan. Okay. So they should really start to take seriously the business side. Why don't we... Uh, this is especially a, a message to, to Nordic governments. Why don't we go together and start mm. to educate Pakistanis. Half mm. of the population of Pakistan are under 15 years old. Okay. And why don't we educate the population? Because, you know, it's the most dangerous combination in the world that you have a lot of young male without education and without jobs. Mm. So you don't have anything else to do. So it's so easy to get you to yeah. be against society and run into terrorism. Yeah. Okay. Then I would say thank you very, very much. It was interesting talk. Thank you. Pleasure <laughs> to be with you. And bye to the audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.